Welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I've lived with type 1 diabetes for decades and enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living with this disease. Before we dive into this episode, I have a few quick announcements. Number one, the Diabetes Daily Grind is a nonprofit, charitable organization. Funds raised help keep the website, podcast, and advocacy efforts afloat. It's easy. Just purchase a copy of Doing Diabetes Differently or click the donate link on my website. Number two, stay engaged on all things social media, sign up for the e-newsletter, and subscribe to my newly updated YouTube channel where this episode will soon be live. Enough rambling. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. With today's guest, I happen to stumble across on a Facebook private page. It's well, we'll get into that here in a second. And I won't go into exactly what that post was, but it really, I don't know, sparked an interest or kind of struck a chord with some of the things that came from that. So I want to welcome Jessica Landon to the podcast. And Jessica, where are you calling in from? Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix. Oh, what's your weather like right now? Today, rainy and gloomy. Which that's not very rarely happens here. (laughs) Right. Today in Oklahoma, it's 64 degrees, which is rare for us at this time of the year as well. I don't know why I always bring that up. I guess I'm just fascinated with everybody's weather right now. (laughs) Ridiculous. Anywho. Okay. So I want to talk about Jessica does not have diabetes, but one of her children was diagnosed a few years ago. And so I want to talk a little bit about the diagnosis story. Yeah. So my daughter, Lindsay was four years old. I'd say looking back, I'd say the symptoms started kind of creeping up around right before Thanksgiving in 2019. Okay. And I'd say the biggest thing that we sort of noticed was that she was drinking a lot of water. Right. But again, we live in Phoenix. It, we, my whole family drinks a lot of water. We really didn't think too much about it. And, you know, she also went to preschool. And so I think you don't really notice who's giving her what and how much. And so, you know, it's like she'd, she'd fill up a whole Yeti and I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird, but you know, okay. (laughs) I didn't think much of it. And then she started waking up every single night, multiple times needing to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and she would be like screaming, like waking somebody up because she's afraid to like go to the bathroom by herself. Mm -hmm. And so she'd be screaming for somebody to get out of bed. And we were like, Lindsay, the bathroom is just right here. You know, just, just walk to the bathroom. And I thought it was more of a behavioral issue than something wrong with her. And so that happened for a couple of weeks, you know, a lot of water and a lot of nighttime bathrooms and probably about a day or so before things really hit the fan. I said to my husband, like, do you think this is weird? Do you think I should take her to see a doctor? Mm -hmm. You know, because she's drinking so much water. And he was like, I don't know. I mean. And nobody would normally think that would be a bad thing, right? Yeah. I want to keep everybody hydrated. Okay. Right. So finally, the night of December 6th, 2019, we had an event to go to. My son was a Cub Scout. So we were supposed to go to a movie night. So I was feeding the kids dinner. And she was kind of curled up on the couch, kind of fussing about eating her dinner. And I thought it's because she ate everything except the broccoli on her plate. So I was like, okay, fine. You can just skip the broccoli. Like, we got to go. And she was just kind of curled up in a ball, pretty bizarre, not her usual self. And I said, you know, Lindsay, you're kind of worrying me. You know, it was a Friday night. I said, do you want me to try to take you to urgent care? Are you, do you feel okay? And she was like, well, I'm, I'm okay. 
I was like, are you sure? Like, tell mommy if you don't feel good. And she was like, no, I'm fine. So fast forward a few minutes, we get in the car, we start driving. And I mean, things just went from zero to a thousand. Mm -hmm. She was just literally screaming. And I mean, it's like, I'm looking back in my rear view mirror, like what is happening? And I mean, she was like, uncontrollable, couldn't sit still in her car seat, hunched over, screaming her brains out. Mm. And I just knew right away that something was so wrong. I had no clue that it was going to be diabetes. But yeah, I mean, by the time I called my husband, he was already at that event. And I was just like, we've got to go. I've got to take her to a hospital right now. Mm. And I just made a U-turn and took her to the closest hospital by our house. And don't you know, by the time we got there, she had settled down. She wasn't screaming anymore. At the time, too, we had really high deductible insurance. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, (laughs) if if I took her here over nothing, you know, (laughs) I'm going to be so upset with myself. And this will cost me like thousands of dollars. So she's laying quietly on my lap. They took us back and, you know, they tried to through the triage, you know, they try to say, well, maybe she's constipated. Maybe she's that. And I said, well, she went to the bathroom like an hour or two ago. Like it's not that. I just kept saying, you know, she's been drinking a lot of water lately and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And they did an x-ray on her and the x-ray tech showed me and he said, see all this right here? That's poop. She just hasn't gone to the bathroom. And I was just kind of like, you don't know. (laughs) And so the, the PA came in And I started explaining to her. And of course, I understand they go to normal things first, especially, you know, a four-year-old, common things. And I just said, please, please listen to me from a mother's perspective. Something is wrong. And I've just never seen her look like this before. That that sheer look of pain in her eyes. Hmm. Something was wrong. And a few hours later, we had our official diagnosis. Her blood glucose at that time was 760. Mm. they told me that she was or that they were shocked that she was even coherent and able to speak and hold a conversation. And I was like, what do you mean? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we got transferred to a children's hospital and that was that. Okay. Let me ask you, do you have a family history? A long time ago. So I don't have anything immediate. My grandma, who is I think like 95 now, she had type one. Her dad was type one. Okay. So, I mean, this was really right when insulin was becoming a thing. Yeah. Right. And they lived in Kentucky. She said they could not afford it like that. You know, back yeah. then she just died of it. Yeah. So my grandma says that her dad died of it and that she also had cousins back then. Okay. My grandma had 15 kids. None of them had diabetes. None of the grandchildren. So until my daughter had it. She was the first one. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So I guess that's family history, but it has skipped so many generations that it's kind of like, mm. right. And I'm always curious that if you carry the gene or whatever we're going to call it, I don't know what we're mm-hmm. calling it these days, and it's dormant for so long, what could have sparked it to attack your immune system? I mean, you know, yeah. how, how, what what's the the flip of the switch there? And I know we don't have that answer now. They're coming out with all new things. I read something today about uh, your gut biome. So there's So many fascinating things. Okay. So children's hospital, how long did you all stay? We got taken in real late. I'm on a Friday night and luckily we were discharged that Sunday. 
Oh, well, that's good. A lot of yeah. people get sent home the same day, which is crazy to me. Yeah, she was in full-blown DKA. Okay. And she was on the insulin drip in the mm-hmm. um, PICU. But by Saturday morning, her blood sugars had already come down enough that they let her eat her first meal. And they transferred us to a regular room to, you know, just track, yeah. tackle the, the teaching and training of everything. Okay, so I can't imagine be having a child... I mean, I was eight, barely eight whenever I was diagnosed. My mom, we talk about it now. I talk about it with my parents. What's the first thing that's going through your mind whenever you get the diagnosis? Other than I'm sure you're happy that they found they were figuring it out. Yeah. You know, I think it was really just heartbreaking to watch her have to do so many finger pokes so yeah. quickly. Yeah. The first few, she willingly ponied up her fingers, didn't cry, you know, but after being in the PICU and having to get it done once or twice an hour and all night long. And, yeah. you know what I mean? Just see, you know, the effect that that was having on her. Mm-hmm. That was starting to be a real harsh reality. Just like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and when she got to eat her first meal and, and had to basically be held down to get a shot of insulin yeah. in order to eat that meal, you know, that was, that was hard on my mom heart for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, and okay, so I I can't imagine again. I I've, all, I've said this in a couple of other podcasts. Whenever I was in the hospital for it was two weeks, and I wasn't in DKA, but the learning curve. I guess maybe I was challenged. I don't know. They kept me longer, but I'll never forget coming home for the first day, and I was eating a meal with my family, and my mom went to mm-hmm. give me my shot, and she started to pass out. So she went into splash water on her face and whatever, and she's like, "I've got to do this because Amber needs to eat." and when she came back, I took the needle and I just did it myself. She's never given me a shot. And it's, I took control of my diabetes at that point, which I is good and bad. So I asked that or say that story because how is Lindsay doing with her own management or as a parent? I know she's not very old. Mm-hmm. Are you in charge of everything and what devices and, and tech, what are you using right now? So she has come a really long way. You know, she she knows how to read nutrition labels, count oh, cards. Good. She knows how to use our digital scale and weigh out her fruit and, you know, stuff like that. She's been doing her own finger pokes for a long time. Shortly, probably about seven months or so after her diagnosis, we got on the tandem T-Slim, T-Slim pump. Yeah. So, you know, she started the Dexcom about three weeks after diagnosis, which was God. fantastic. <laughs> I felt like the first three weeks, it was almost like living in the stone ages. Like looking back, I'm like, how did I'm in there sneaking in her room in the night with a headlamp? And <laughs> it was so horrible, you know? So the Dexcom was a huge blessing. But yeah, we started with Tandem about seven months in. Since then, my husband helps, obviously, but I primarily do all of her site changes. Mm. Although she's really knowledgeable about how to do them. She's really interested in learning. And so she does assist, (laughs) but I still make sure it all happens. You know, I think sometimes she's just kind of scared to pull that trigger, you know? Yeah. And, but she's for sure knowledgeable. And I think that, you know, in the next year or so she's, I mean, even now at school, she manages herself with the nurse's assistance. Sure. Stuff like that. She, is able to enter her own carbs. I mean, she's a pro at using her pump, but in terms of putting on the sites and, you know, I want to make sure the cannulas don't get bent and stuff like that. So yeah, well, there's a I lot do to that it. part. But yeah, she's a pro at using her pump. 
Well, so the reason I asked Jessica to be on the website, or excuse me, on the podcast is because of, like I said, a Facebook post. And this was on a site, doesn't matter which one, but you were talking about and showing beautiful photo shoot that you did for her anniversary. Yeah. And I don't know why it's struck such a chord, but I was reading through the comments. And of course, when I see those things, I love that we're celebrating this now because we never talked about it. I know, think I even knew what my anniversary was until I really dove into talking about diabetes, you know, 10 years ago. And so I'm glad that we're, it's not a positive thing necessarily. So beautiful photo shoot, well done. You're sharing your daughter's anniversary. And at that point it was three years, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to read this and I'm not going to say the person's name, but what just pricked me the wrong way. I don't know how else to say it. A person wrote, I have been a type one for 47 years. I truly don't understand celebrating a diagnosis that forever changes your life. And I'm like, wah, 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 Debbie Downer, come on. If you don't like it, keep on scrolling. Exactly. I mean, when you read that, what were your thoughts? Well, it got me fired up for sure. Because, you know, if you look at everybody else's comments, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, what a great thing for her. How a warrior, you know. People that are young and old alike, everybody was like, oh, wow, what an awesome idea. Being so positive. And here this one person is just like. Well, and it's, it's like you, you, okay, so you're revved up, but you were so eloquently kind. And I'm going to read how you responded. That's unfortunate. First of all, we celebrate her life, all caps, as she could have very easily died on the night of her diagnosis in DKA with a blood glucose of 760. Excuse me. We celebrate how far our entire family has come as it has been a difficult journey. We also celebrate the technologies that are available today, helping to keep her alive and healthy. In addition to all of those things, we embrace diabetes and try not to make my daughter feel uncomfortable. We try to make my daughter feel comfortable in her own skin, but we try to reduce the stigma associated with diabetes. She is fierce and powerful, and I like to remind her of that. That is why we celebrate. And I think that's so well said. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, she's been dealt a shit card. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's going to have to deal with this her whole life. So it's like, I just try to set her up for success. If this is the normal and and we embrace it right now at such a young age, she's not going to grow up thinking anything different. That's right. that's how she's going to know how to handle herself and and not be embarrassed of being diabetic or not be trying to hide it, you know? Well, and in those pictures, it, she, I mean, it was so cute. And you, somebody even asked about one of the patches that were, was over her Dexcom at the time. And yeah. she was sporting her pump and just all the cute like angles and whatever, like embracing the fact that you're different and putting it out there to the world. Like you said, it will remove the stigma. Mm-hmm. I hit, I hid my Dexcom for years. I would not, you know, whatever. Um, and I'm so glad because she's going to be a positive role model, maybe for some other, yeah, better diagnose. We yeah. um, age, you know. We did the photo shoot on her first anniversary, mm-hmm. and I mean, here this little five year old was just out there, just owning it. And when I saw, I didn't have a professional photographer that year, and they just turned out still so beautiful. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh! And then we did it the second year, and. We did it the third year. And first of all, now Lindsay loves it too. She wants to be right in the camera, <laughs> doesn't want her photo shoot to end, you know, but, <laughs> but by 
doing that and putting a positive spin on it. Yeah. She's not embarrassed that she beeps. She's yeah. not embarrassed when people ask her if she's a robot. You right, know, right. kids say stuff. She's just, she just says what it is. And, oh, this is my Dexcom and it does this. And, you know, we're, she's just not embarrassed anymore. It just makes her feel beautiful. And I love that. And she should. I mean, well, and she the, is a normal kid. She is a normal kid, just with a different circumstance. You know, everybody's yeah. got their thing. And I will say, because as you mentioned in that post, is it, if diabetes affects the whole family. So yeah. your son, how old is he? He's 12. He's 12. So he's a, he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. How has diabetes affected him? Well, he, he too has become very, very knowledgeable. Well, that's good. Um, he's not a caregiver per se, but he still is. He is an extension of me when I'm not around. Not that we really leave the two alone. Yeah. Let's say he's with grandma and grandpa. Mm-hmm. Taylor knows how to take care of her and he knows what she needs. He knows what we do at home. And right you know, my expectations or, you know, things that we would do. He, you know, he's just been a great big brother. He's her rock when she's scared and doesn't want to get a sight change or, you know, is crying. She'd be like, Taylor, I need a snuggle, you know, but, but also in terms of food, we let her pretty much eat normal things that she would want. However, we do things in moderation Sure. Do we get thin crust pizza instead of regular? Yes. Right. Do I try to use, you know, a, a nice portion size for her? You know, things like that. So there are some times that like, let's say we want to, he wants to, you know, at a restaurant, have some extravagant donut breakfast or, you know, just something. Right. I say, well, please ask your sister first. We just want to be kind of respectful of her mm-hmm. limitations and so a lot of times he'll be like, hey, hey, Lindsay, like, you know, I want to have this. Like, do you care? And usually the answer is, oh, no, that's fine. Tay, go ahead. I don't mind. Or they'll kind of make a deal like, well, if I have this now, mom says she'll let you have this later. <laughs> and, you know, or sometimes if he wants something, I say, please don't let your sister see. Just, yeah. You know, and so he's that. he's been really mindful of her needs and her limitations. One of the things I was going to ask, and I'm glad this came up so organically, is I got a, I received a message today from a woman that I went to high school with. I haven't seen her, gosh, in probably 30 plus years. And her daughter was diagnosed three years ago, but her daughter's 19 or was mm-hmm. 19 upon diagnosis. And she, she reached out to say, um, my daughter went to her doctor who also has diabetes and they told her that she can eat whatever she wants as long as she gives enough insulin and watches her blood sugar. And so there's a huge debate in the diabetes community right now. Is that the right thing? And I'm not saying right or wrong, but I remember being restricted from like my first birthday after diagnosis. Everybody else got cake and I got an orange with a candle in it. My parents, I mean, we had other things, but it was like, you didn't get the cake. Yeah. So you don't want to take away those things. But also at the end of the day, was the cake, was cake the best option for me at that time, especially when management was so different and you couldn't watch your numbers. Yeah. how do you have those conversations with her? And do you let her make those decisions for herself? Well, you know, I remember even being in the hospital when we met the endocrinologist, she said kind of what you're saying, cover the carbs with insulin. Yeah. Let her be a kid. Yeah. She, she really emphasized that. And she said, if you don't, I'm afraid there's going to be lasting effects on her. 
Yeah. Mentally, you know, that she didn't fit in like normal or she, you know, and I totally agree with that. Like I said, do I do my absolute best? Do I count carbs for her? You know, she eats well. I mean, I try to keep carbs to a minimum, but when she's going to that birthday party, do I let her have a piece of pizza and cake? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't change it. And even as much as I try to let her be a normal kid, there's still so many times that she calls me out and is like, (laughs) well, how come I don't ever get this? You guys all eat it. For example, going to a restaurant and having French fries. Oh, I don't like doing fries for her because was that 20 carbs or was it 60? It's hard to say, you know? And so it's stuff like that. She's like, well, how come everybody else always gets to have it? And I can't have it. That's just not fair. And, you know, I'm different. And, and when she starts pulling those cards, I'm like, oh, my gosh. OK, baby, you can have whatever you, you know. Yeah. In general, do I try to do things lower carb? Yeah. You know, I buy her thin sliced bread and I, yeah. buy, you know, I weigh her lunch out and, you know, everything. But but at the same time, there's something to be said for just letting a kid be a kid sometimes. Yeah. And it's the little things now because she knows that she has those limitations. So like, let's say it's a day I pack her lunch and I put a tiny little tiny Snickers in there. Right. She'll come home and be like, mommy, thank you so much for my treat. (laughs) You know, and it's, she's just so appreciative of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's just a way to tastefully have the best of both worlds. So, and I don't, you normally ask questions like this that I don't, you, I think you're the third parent, maybe fourth parent I've interviewed on the podcast. You know, when I was diagnosed, I was given a death sentence and it was, if you lived 20 years with this disease and still had your eyesight and your feet, it'd be a miracle. You know, I'm, I'll celebrate my 39th anniversary in, oh, 12 days. And so do you have, every parent is worried about their child, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you have any fears or nervous scenario? I mean, like, she hasn't even hit puberty yet. <laughs> I mean, there's so much on the road. I know. Ahead of the, you know, for their diabetes game. I think, you know, navigating diabetes since the age of four, mm. I think we've sort of lived a lot of experiences that some people that got diagnosed as an adult or, yeah. you know, we've already gone through some hard times. Yeah. You know, one thing that I'm secretly nervous about is when she's in high school and college or whatever, and wants to start having alcohol, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm pretty nervous for that and how to have those really harsh reality kind of conversations. I will say yeah. on that, because if, if I can survive high school and college and I was that person, I was enjoying all of the things. Yeah. The advancements in technology and the fact that you can watch your blood sugar at all times. And yeah. by the time she gets to that point, Either she'll have a closed loop system, which will do the work for her, or let's not knock on wood because we'll, we'll have a cure. So we won't have to think about that. But yeah, I, I can understand yeah. why you would say that. And I'm thankful to be alive. But um, yeah, I mean, sure. Am I worried about, you know, as she's had diabetes for however many number of years, you know, will it take its toll on her body? I, but I hope that what we're working hard to achieve right now, you know, a, a pretty low A1C. You know, she's been in the mid sixes for a few years now. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that I'm setting her up for success. 
and that those things won't happen. But I mean, it's always in the back of my mind, you know, it happens. It's just kind of the nature of the beast sometimes. Well, and I think with you, one of the things I realize now that I'm older is I made some decisions early on in life, good and bad, that now I think about how my diabetes is today was because of those choices. And I'm very, I'm going to say blessed, thankful for the positive things that I decided to do. And so I think it's one of those, everybody has their own journey. And like it's clear through all the comments and how you speak about her that she has taken charge of it. And someday she'll take full reins. And Uh I think being supportive parents, from what I can see, is the best thing that you can do for a kid. Just give her the tools to help her succeed. But at the end of the day, it's going to have to be her decision. I mean, that's the hard part. It was like, yeah, yeah, you (laughs) train. That's what I just hope that if we're setting that standard at a really young age, I hope that she will just grow up and that's just what's that's what she knows. Yeah. And and because her friends know, you know, she's not embarrassed to talk about it and, you know, to have such a supportive group around her all the time. Yeah. It's just that's her new normal. Is she allowed to go over to someone's house and spend the night? We've not we've not gone down that road yet. I don't know what age you normally do that. So it might not be time yet. I don't know. It's so hard with her being seven. She doesn't wake up to anything. And I'm fearful that she's going to have lows and somebody won't answer their phone. And I'm going to be that crazy nut banging on their door in the middle of the night. (laughs) Give her a juice box, please. Right. I did just have a big milestone recently over winter break. She wanted to go to one of her best friend's house during the whole day while I was at work. And this particular mom, the girls have been in school together for three years. So her daughter is very aware of Lindsay's needs. Yeah. And, you know, so the mom asked me if she could come over and I sort of expressed, it made me a little bit nervous, but at the same time, I need to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So the night before going over there, we went to their house. I just showed them, you know, here's her glucagon. Here's yeah. her meter. If she needs to use this, you know, I'll call, I'll let you know, but you know, here's how her pump works. Just kind of giving a yeah. really quick rundown. And so, <clears throat> so that day I dropped her off for about six hours. The girls had a great time and the mom was awesome. You know, she was reaching out to me like, oh, the girls want to have this for a snack. Is that okay? I said, yeah, yeah it's fine. Show me the, the nutrition label. I'll tell you how many Cheez-Its to get out, you know, yeah, just stuff right. like that. But she was really awesome. Lindsay started having a low at one point and she's texting me and I'm like, yeah, give her a couple Skittles. And, you know, she told me later, like her heart was racing, you know, just checking her Dexcom constantly like, oh my gosh. And here I'm so laid back. I'm like, "Eh, a couple Skittles, like it's fine, you know, but, but it was a big deal for me. And it was just nice to have a mom be so supportive in understanding Lindsay's needs also. You know, it's funny that you bring that up because I, as a kid, I was, you know, I was eight, like I said, when I was diagnosed. And so through Girl Scouts and other things, going to sleepovers and stuff, there were a few moms, I want to say three by before the age of 10 that my parents felt comfortable with me going over there. Hmm. But I really, I mean, like I was giving two shots a day. They had no idea what was going on. I ate, I don't know. I mean, it was just like, it's so different now with, mm-hmm. and I, and I, th- I, I said to the parents now that I'm an adult and whatever, I was like, Hey, thank you. We're having the courage to have me come over and stay the night because that's a huge responsibility. Yeah, it really is. It yeah. it really is. 
that you're willing to look over somebody's care that is so medically dependent on you. Yeah. Well, and I think too, and this is just kind of unplugging this, is there are groups now, like if you ever needed a babysitter, there are type one kids that will come and babysit. I've found them before. We have a type <laughs> one babysitter. That's I awesome. reached out in our local parents. It's like a parent group for type ones in the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. And this was back in 2020, right before the pandemic started. And I was able to get a babysitter and we met with her and her mom and that was short lived. We only had her babysit a few times and then the pandemic. And yeah, but since then I was able to find another type one that lives very close to us. And she actually went to my daughter's preschool and used to volunteer there. Oh. And they were like, Oh, you're type one. She's type one. And so <laughs> she would help when Lindsay was a preschool. And so again, I reached out to that local parents group and was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of looking for a babysitter for the summer. And this mom was like, oh, my daughter knows your daughter. She met her at this preschool and she'd love to babysit her. And she was 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. And Courtney babysat her the whole summer. And I mean, it was it was a blessing because you're not having to say, you know, oh, check this and here's how to yeah. do this. It's like she knows how to count carbs. They wear the same pump. They wear the same. Oh, yeah. It was great. So it was sort of worry-free summer for me. Well, that's great. I mean, not many parents can say that, and that's a fact. And do you feel like you'll be, and not that she has any interest, but will she be going to a diabetes camp? She went this past summer. Nice. Most camps, you have to be eight years old, but Mm -hmm. a camp that we found last year that Lindsay was actually sponsored with through JDRS, Uh you got to go, believe this, she got to go to Lake Tahoe for an entire week (laughs) and just... Just living life out there a whole week with a group of friends. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you for being a positive. I'm going to say influence in whenever like the stream of comments. And I want to end with this one comment. This, you know, I started with the negative, but there were so many. There were 30 plus comments. And this gentleman wrote, she's a beautiful young girl. I was diagnosed at seven and I'm now 70. With current technology, diabetes still sucks. But it's much easier to live a relatively long life. Happy birthday to her. And so I want to hear more comments like that. So if you're on a group and you want to chime in and be negative, just remember, we all deal with so much negative stuff on a regular basis. Like it's Mm -hmm. nice to applaud and to highlight and hold people up. And yeah, it'd be seen as a negative day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. In those groups, people are uplifting others sometimes in their darkest days. Yeah. And and that's what you need, you know. The diabetes community has been really awesome, especially in our local parents group that I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's sometimes that I posted something and I might have felt like a complete failure. You know, her blood sugars were out of control and this and this happened. And some parents would say, no, 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 you're doing everything right. She's just growing. Her body yeah. just needs more insulin or, you know, whatever it was. And and here I go from feeling like a failure to being like, okay, I can do this. Let's right. regroup. Let's, I can do it. Let's yeah. start up. You just sometimes need to boost each other up. Well, and I'm saying this to the people who have lived with type one as long as I have or mm-hmm. have had it for quite some time. There was a comment that I read today that a woman, a a parent was talking about her daughter's blood sugar being 
200 mm-hmm. and for X, Y, and Z reasons. And somebody chimed in, they're like, and she wasn't going to do anything. It was in the middle of the night. She was okay with 200. And I understand that because I'd rather keep yeah. my blood sugar a little high in the middle of the night, especially with hormones and everything. Point being is somebody chimed in and said, well, you know, you're, you're damaging your daughter's body. And I'm like, why are you shaming these people? Yeah. I mean, just like, what, is that necessary? Yeah. Like, it's not your body. So keep on. Yeah. You know, when Lindsay was first diagnosed, how we had things set up with her endocrinologist or the diabetes educator, mm-hmm. I would not correct unless she was over 300. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. And for a long time, Lindsay had this pattern every night that come the middle of the night, mm-hmm. her body would just drift down mm-hmm. even before she was on a pump. Yeah. And so it's like, if I correct it too soon, you're going to be having a real bad low in the middle of the night, you know? So for a long time, they said, okay, if you're not comfortable, correct when she goes over 300. And I said, okay. And then, you know, a few months, maybe six months in, the doctor said, okay, so how about if she's over 250, we correct. And I said, okay, I think I can do that. But it's terrifying. It is terrifying. It truly is terrifying sometimes to just to be taking control of everything. And I remember the very first night that Lindsay ever had a low. Because remember, after diagnosis, half the time oh. we would be finger poking her. She'd be four, five, six hundred. Yeah. For no rhyme or reason, right? Mm-hmm. She could have been like not even eating and her blood sugar would be that high. Yeah. And I remember the very first night that I woke up in the middle of the night to go finger poker. And her blood sugar was 99. And I about lost my mind. I woke my husband up. I'm like, oh my gosh, like her, she's 99. And here he is like sleeping. He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> and I was so scared. And so I, I checked her again, maybe 30 minutes, hour later. And I think she was like 90. And I literally called the on-call endocrinologist. <laughs> At the time, we'd had a lot of roof leaks in our house. So we were staying in this hotel. So it's not like I had a full fridge or, you know, yeah, right. I didn't have a lot of things. And I, I called and, and it was luckily our doctor. And she said, okay, it's okay. You know, and she just really walked me through it. It's like, they can teach you all you want, but until you live that kind of stuff, yeah, it's, it's hard. Mm. It's really hard. And, you know, I remember I, I used to just feel crazy, you know, but I got past that. And, and you know what? There's lots of nights that Lindsay goes over 200 at night. And that's okay. She exactly. has control like you on her pump and it's going to get her down. And that's, that's great. Sometimes we laugh. I'll be like, oh, I wonder why you're so high today. Oh, it's because it's Tuesday and it's sunny outside. <laughs> I mean, you can't always rationalize yes. because it doesn't make sense. Oh, I totally get that. I totally <laughs> understand that. And I, yeah. Well, thank you again for being such a positive light in the social media world and for being such a great support team, you and your family for your daughter. So yeah, keep up the good work. Thank you. We have her. Uh, she's a youth ambassador for JDRS. That's great. And this is her second year. And, you know, I know that right now I'm doing that. I'm putting her out there, but she's she's just learning so many awesome things and meeting peers her own age and yeah you know she's just she's she's loving it and 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 we're taking the the negative and turning it into a blessing and then sometimes she says every now and again she'll get frustrated and she says mom how come god put diabetes in our lives 
Like, why me? And I say, you know what, Lindsay? I don't have the answer to that, but God did it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that's just what he put on our plate. And, you know, he obviously thought that we were going to be strong enough to take care of it and manage it. And we're here to change the world. We're here to share with people. We're here to, you know, educate. And that's just, we're here to change the world. And she's like, you know what, mom? You're right. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, that's a positive attitude. Yeah. As I wrap up, I want to remind you that I'm here for my diabetes and the medical community. So feel free to contact me at diabetesdailygrind.com. Your continued support and love help keep the episodes coming. Cheers to the highs and lows, everyone. Yes, I'm alive. One minor inconvenience. A little thing called diabetes is a daily grind and the daily grind. And it grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds. You got to watch what you're eating.